สวัสดีครับ Greetings from Konkan, Thailand. It's my pleasure to share with you God's word today. But what I want to do is I want to share with you not only God's word, but how God has been using His word to speak into our lives the last number of months. Go. When I think of the word go, there are many instances in Scripture where God tells His people to go. God said it to Moses when He to ask Him to lead the Hebrews out of slavery in Egypt. Jesus said it to his disciples when he told them to go and make disciples of all nations. But one of the first instances where God said these words were to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. In chapter 12, verse 1, God appears to Abram and says these words: "Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you." Now the Bible doesn't tell us if God had appeared to Abraham before this, or if this was the first time. We do not know if God appeared Himself or if He had sent an angel in His place. We don't know if Abraham had a relationship with God already or not yet, though I suspect that he already did. But we do know that after God told him to go, Abram went, and he went immediately. He didn't ignore God's voice, pretending it didn't happen. When God spoke, he obeyed. God told him to leave three things. His country, his people, and his family—three things that must have had a high importance to him. You see, his country was his place of birth, his citizenship. I suspect that he was proud that he was from the land of Ur, in the same way that I'm proud that I'm Canadian, and you might be the same way. God called Abram to leave his country and go to a different country, to become an alien or a foreigner. Now, being a foreigner is not easy. Sometimes your skin is a different color, your eyes and your hair may be a different color as well. For me in Thailand, my nose is even different. When you compare myself to those around me, or when you compare yourself to those around you in a foreign country, you realize you're just not the same. Now, except for my wife Bonnie, people think, or at least some people think, that she's Thai. Last week we were with the students to visit uh, what is known in Thailand as the Thailand Stonehenge, and one of the officers at the park there, at the entrance of the park, was collecting our fees to be able to go in. And he looked at Bonnie and and figured that oh she would just pay the Thai price, but as soon as the officer looked at me, no way I'm going to be paying the foreigner price. And I even had a mask on covering part of my face. I couldn't escape the fact that I was a foreigner. When God told Abram to leave his country, it meant to leave his land. Land was very important to the people in the day of Abram. You see, your land was an important possession. If you were a farmer or a shepherd, you got your income from the land. Your land was your inheritance that you passed on to your children and their children, and so on. Abram gave that up in order to follow God. God told Abram to leave his people. When I think of Abram's people, I think of their language and their culture. You see, in a different country, the people have another language. You never fully understand the language of the local people in the country that you're in, no matter how long you've been there. And every people group not only has their own language or even dialect, but they also have their own culture as well. You see, that culture might be different from the one that you know best, and many times you don't understand their culture very well either. Their culture also includes their religious beliefs, 
which often too are not the same as the ones that you maybe grew up believing. Well, God tells Abram to leave his country, his people, and his family. His father's household, that means he must leave his relatives behind, his grandparents, aunts, uncles, except for his two daughters his ne and his nephew Lot. All the rest of them he left behind in Haran. Leaving his family, I gotta suspect, was probably the hardest thing for him to be able to do. When he arrived at the new place, all he had was his daughters and his nephew Lot. No other family members to sit around the meal table and enjoy the banter that went back and forth. And Abraham had simply no friends in that new place. He had to make new ones. When God told Abram to go, Abram did not even know where he was going. God told him simply, I'll show you. He did not tell him ahead of time what the destination was. God wanted Abram to start walking by faith, and then he would tell him the destination along the way. When God told Abram to go, he did not mean go back to Ur, his birthplace, but to go forward to a new place. Follow the road towards Canaan, which as far as we know, he had never been there before. So Abram, along with his wife, his two daughters, and his nephew Lot, gathered up all of his possessions, left Haran, and started making that 600-kilometer trek to the land of Canaan. If we were to summarize all these things that God told Abram to leave behind, it would basically be this. I want you, Abram, to leave everything that causes you to feel comfortable and safe and secure and go to a, pl a new place that has nothing. No house, no land, no relatives, no language or culture or religion that you understand. Now, if God told this to you, how many of us, without much hesitation, would say, yes, Lord, count me in? Probably not that many. Well, that's what God told Abram to do. If we're being honest with ourselves, some of us maybe think of an excuse or, or maybe more than one as to why we don't want to go. I can't go because I don't have a heart for that work. Or I can't leave here because the work I'm doing now is just too important. Some may even spiritualize it by saying, God is blessing what I'm doing right now, so why should I leave it? Or they might say, my kids are too young. Maybe when they're a little bit older, then I could do that. Or, I'm just not a smart person. I can't understand a new language or, or learn a new, about a new culture, even a new religion. Or lastly, some might say, I'm just not a courageous person. I'm really quite fearful. I don't like to do new things. I, I just don't like change. I wonder if Abram ever thought that he was too old. How old was he? Well, the Bible tells us he was about 75 years old. And knowing the culture back then, he probably walked a large part of that trip. So in addition to that, how many 75-year-old people do you know that would like to start new in a new country, new people, new culture? Probably very few. Most people would want to stay right where they are simply because it's easy. It's more comfortable. But Abram did not make excuses why he did not want to go. He simply heard the voice of God and obeyed. He gathered his family and possessions together and he went.
Bonnie, Bonnie and I heard the voice of God say over 21 years ago, go. God told us to leave our home country of Canada and go to Thailand to tell the people, to tell the Thai people the gospel message and about the kingdom of God. So we left our country, we left our friends and our family to go to a country that we didn't know very well, only visited briefly before. Thai people are simply just not the same as Canadians. They have a different language, they have a different culture, they have a different religion. But when God said go, we went. We didn't try to make excuses or try to make to bargain with God at the time. We simply obeyed. We obeyed by the grace of God. But we do realize that what made it easy for us to be, to be able to obey God in that moment to say, yes, God, we're in, was because God had preparing, been preparing our hearts ahead of time. So that when the time came, when God said, go, we were able to say, yes, Lord, we'll go. Last year, God came to us again and said the same word, go. The leaders, our Canadian CMA leaders, came to us and challenged us to prayerfully consider moving from the northeast where we are right now back to the southern part of Thailand. They wanted us to help launch a new endeavor that would begin sharing the gospel message with the peoples of southern Thailand and not just Buddhists but Muslims as well. And in the southern part of Thailand the majority of folks there are actually of the Muslim faith. Now at first we weren't very interested at that time, we had only been in Konken, the northeast part of the country, for a little over a year. We had begun to develop close relationships with the staff and the students at the school, at the northeastern um, Bible seminary where we were teaching. We were still trying to figure out how to teach Bible and how to teach theology, having been out of Thai ministry for the previous six years when we were in Phuket. But we told our boss that we would pray about it. But I told him that I needed an extended time to be able to pray and to seek God over this issue because this was a pretty big decision. You see, we didn't want to lose our relationship with the staff and the students at NBS having just arrived and then leaving shortly thereafter. So we decided to take the next four months after that, uh, from August to December of 2019, to begin to seek God's will specifically for this issue. We read the Bible, listened to sermons, sought advice from mentors, all with a heart and an openness to hear God's voice. Eight years ago, before we moved from Chiang Mai in the north part of the country down to Phuket to start the work there uh, by starting the international church, we used the same method of discernment. And God answered our prayer in that situation, and God answered our prayers again in this new situation as well. But I told God that during this second time of discernment, I told God, God, you really need to speak to me many, many times if you're really leading us in this direction. Well, in my journal, if you were to look at my journal, I've got like 11 pages of notes during that time when I was seeking God and listening to him and, and listening to what he was saying to us about this decision. Now, most of those notes are Bible verses. Some of them came through sermons. Some came for, as words from our prayer partners and our mentors as well. But throughout the four months as we sought God, there were two words that God said to both Bonnie and I over and over and over again. The first of those words was, go, go. 
One of the verses that God used to speak to me during that time is found in Romans chapter 1, verse 5. It says this, Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them, so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to God. In this verse, Paul is talking about his own call, but I believe that God used this verse to speak about his own leading in our lives as well. The word privilege in this verse means one who receives an honor, meaning it's not only a responsibility to be able to share with others the gospel message, but it's an honor to be able to serve God in this way. Secondly, we have authority when we represent God. An apostle is someone who is sent out by someone else, and God is the sender here. We feel honored to have been given the authority and the privilege to be an apostle, to tell the Gentiles. Now in New Testament times, the Gentiles and the Jews were different groups. The Jews, well, they were Jewish. And the Gentiles, they were basically everybody else who were not Jewish. Now the Jews were the first group to receive the gospel. And after that, the Gentiles heard it. You see, the Gentiles were a people group who were mainly, were the, mainly the neighbors of the Jews. They lived in the adjacent district beside Judea, mainly in the province of Samaria. They had a different culture than the Jews, a different religion. They even spoke a different language, as I learned, that they spoke an Aramaic compared to the Hebrew which the Jews spoke. Well, as I thought about these differences, I made this comparison, began moving around in my head between the Jews and Gentiles and the Buddhists and Muslims here in this country. The Thai Buddhists are like the Jewish people in the Bible times who heard the gospel first. And the Muslims are like the Gentile peoples who will hopefully hear the gospel next. Some have already heard, but there are so many more that have yet to hear. Thai Muslims have a different culture, a different religion, and in some of the provinces, a different language altogether. Well, what is Paul's objective as he shares the gospel to these Gentiles? so that these Gentiles will have access and opportunity to believe and obey God. Verse 15 adds these words, in order to bring glory to God. Because really, that's the ultimate aim of Paul, in order that God's name receives the glory, not his own name. Honestly, when I think about this new work that God is leading us to do, I don't want to go. Staying here in Konkan is much better. It's more comfortable. If I were to compare teaching at the Bible school here in Konkan with sharing the gospel with Muslims, teaching is way easier. However, God has reminded us on many occasions that serving God is not about doing what is convenient. It's, about, it's not always doing what is most comfortable. And it is often generally not that easy. But it's the thing that God calls us to do. And when he calls, our responsibility is simply to obey. I had two big reasons for not wanting to go. First, I have no experience in sharing the gospel to Muslim peoples. You see, we've worked with Buddhists for over 20 years in this country since we first arrived in Thailand. In fact, before we came to Thailand, the CMA was actually considering sending us to a different country in Southeast Asia where the majority of the people group there followed Islam, were Muslims. 
But in the end, they chose not to send us there. So I find it's kind of ironic. Here we are 20 years later having that same discussion over again. The second big reason why I didn't want to go is because I'm afraid. You see, some of the provinces in the southern part of Thailand are not very safe. Sometimes there are bombs that go off because some of the Muslims there, the more radical ones, want freedom from the Thai government. They want to be able to govern themselves and not be under the existing uh, government structure in the country. So sometimes they revolt and even use violence. In fact, a few years ago, uh, a missionary friend of ours was living in one of those southern cities and he got to the airport just moments before a bomb went off there. He just missed it because of an extra delay that had him at home. Had he not been delayed at home, he may have been inside the airport at the time that it went off. Throughout my 20 years of being here in Thailand, I have never thought that I may have to give up my life, especially working with those from a Buddhist background. I've always felt safe here. But now I've had to begin to think differently. But at the same time, I thank God that he knows our hearts, doesn't he? He knows all of our fears. And in those four months, as I really sought to pray with God, there are many, many times that God highlighted verses that were actually about fear and about being afraid. For example, in 1 Peter 1, chapter 5, he says, And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation. John 10, 29, For my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. Matthew 10, 28. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? God said over and over and over again that we don't need to be afraid as we move into this new work, this new venture, because God is more powerful and God will protect us. During those four months of seeking God, the first word that God said to us was go. The second word that he said to us was wait, was wait. Now, at first, these two words seem kind of opposite, don't they? They seem to kind of contradict one another. We don't really see how they kind of go together. But as we prayed about it and considered their meaning, we concluded that one, it was God's will that we return to the South again. And two, it was not yet God's timing at that time. God wanted us to wait first, meaning our work here in Konken was not yet finished. We believe that God wanted us to stay here longer. During that prayer time, God spoke to me through Psalm chapter 62. And verse 1 says, I will wait patiently before God, before my victory, for my victory comes from him. And later on in that same psalm, in verse 5, let all that I am wait patiently before God, for my hope is in him. An advisor of ours rec recommended that both Bonnie and I fast and pray for three days uh, during this time of discernment. And as we did that, at the end of the second day, God spoke these words to Bonnie so clearly, almost like a voice that resonated in her head. It simply said this, I am leading, just be patient. I am leading, just be patient. In December of 2019, after four months of seeking God and praying and listening, we believed that God was telling us to go and yet to wait. 
to go back down to South Thailand and begin this new work. But at the same time, he wanted us to wait just a moment. Our work here at NBS had not yet finished. But not only that, throughout those four months of praying and listening, I really did not have the peace of God in my heart. There was still a lot of anxiety there as I prayed and sought God over this. Well, one of the things that I like to do in Konken is almost every Saturday morning, I go to a park nearby for a special time of prayer and listening to God. And on Saturday, December the 21st, I was spending time with God uh, during that time. I believed that God was leading us to return south, but I had not, not yet made that decision 100%. It also happened to be the time of the annual flower festival, and I still remember it so vividly. I was sitting um, on the stage uh, in the park there uh, with all these beautiful flowers kind of all surrounding. And during that time, I remember praying to God a prayer of surrender, of surrendering my own desires and my own wants to that of God's. And at the end of that time, I simply just told God, I'm in. I'm in if this is what you want us to do. And after that, all of a sudden, it's like God's peace just came down from on high and just flooded my soul. And I felt peace for the very first time about this decision to go south. After reading that, I be, after that time, uh, I began reading uh, in my Bible app, uh, Psalm chapter uh, 105 to 109. And uh, these psalms are actually songs of David where he gives thanks to God for God's goodness to him. And as soon as I read those verses afterwards, all of a sudden God uh, brought this picture to my mind. It's not quite like a vision, it more, more is like an image that he put in my mind. Now God usually doesn't do that for me and it's not usually one of the ways that God leads me. But in this image, I could see water, kind of like in a waterfall. And it was flowing uh, in the southern region of Thailand, um, from the city of Surat Thani, down to Nakhonsi Tamarat, then down to Hat Yai, the province of Hat Yai in the south. And then I think it was kind of over westward a little bit towards Phuket as well. Now, I wasn't entirely sure what the meaning of that image was, but I do know that in scripture that water is often a symbol for the movement of God, where God is moving by his Holy Spirit in some way. So does God have something special in, in store for us in, in that part of the region of the country? Maybe he does. Maybe he does. So we're excited about that possibility. So in the end, we told our leaders that we believe that God is leading us to go back down south, to return to the southern provinces. But we weren't ready to go just yet. Um, they wanted us to go at the end of uh, that school year, which would have been April 2000 uh, or 2020. But we both felt like God wanted us to wait first. So we told our leaders that we just felt like we need to wait at least one more year, that we'd be willing to go in 2021 um, after, this next, after that next school year had completed. Well, why do I bother telling you uh, this story and all these details of God's leading? Well, for one, I think that many Christians have this question, how do I know if God is leading me? Have you ever had that question? Ever wondered that, how do I know how God leads me in different situations? It's a great question and often has a variety of different answers. And so what I shared with you today is just simply one of the ways on how God leads and how he, God led us in this particular situation. But I also believe that our experience is quite common among many followers of Jesus Christ. 
The second reason why I took the time to share with you this story is because I want to ask for your help. I want to ask that you would pray for us. And I want to suggest three ways on how you can do that just in this, in this, this time right now that we're in. First of all, would you pray for us during this transition period? This work is not going to be easy. It's probably going to be the hardest thing that we've ever done so far. We lack experience in many ways, even though we've been in this country for almost 20 years. This new work is also going to require a new skill set for us, a new way of thinking and a new way of operating. But praise be to God that we do not need to depend upon our own abilities or our own wisdom, but rather we can depend upon God's wisdom and his mighty power instead. Amen? Secondly, would you pray that God would lead us to where he wants us to launch from? Which province and which city in the south? Now, I've done brief surveys to the cities of Soratani and Hat Yai, and later this month, I'm going to travel to Nakansi Tamarat. Because not, well, not only that we, we need to know what place, what city God wants us to launch from, we also need to know what does a ministry strategy look like? Like, what are we going to do when we get there? And so we're asking for recommendations from uh, other workers that are in those areas working with that same kind of people group who've got more experience than we do. Uh, we're also asking some of the Thai pastors in those cities, asking them what their needs are and how we might be able to, to help them. Thirdly, we need a team. At present, uh, there's just Bonnie, myself, and another single guy, Derek Chan, who is in language study right now in Bangkok. If we want to see the peoples of Southern Thailand, both Buddhists and Muslims, we really need co-workers. We need the Thai church to come alongside and to help us in this endeavor. And you know what? The last time I checked, my skin is still white, my eyes are still blue, and yes, my nose is still kind of a little bit big, at least compared to the Thai people around me. In many situations, a Thai person can enter into these communities a lot easier than this face can. So that's why we see the real need for the Thai church to be partners with us in this endeavor. Even though I speak Thai fairly fluently, as soon as the southern peoples of Thailand hear me speak Thai, many of them will suspect them a Christian, and they may not even give me the opportunity to be able to share with them the story of Jesus. But Thai people, they don't have these same kind of obstacles that we as foreigners have. And that's why we see it as so crucial for the Thai church to be involved in what we are doing and be a strong part in what we are doing. Well, at the same time, we also need more team members on our team to go down south. People who are willing to go. So how about you? Would you consider coming and joining us here in Thailand? Would you prayerfully consider if God would have you go beyond your limit and to join us in this new endeavor. Or maybe God may be laying a burden on your heart for another part of the world, another country, another people group, and that's fine too. But would you be willing to leave Canada for a short or a longer period of time to be able to take the good news of Jesus to a people that don't have very much, very much access or opportunity to hear? So, would you consider entering into a time of prayer and discernment to see if God would want, how he would want to use you to be involved in that and how to be involved? Now, I realize that that can be a scary thing. Look where it has us, God is leading us. 
And it can be scary because you're not sure exactly what God might say to you. But we need to remember that if we claim to be a genuine follower of Jesus Christ, our lives are really not our own. They belong to God, don't they? For God to use for his purposes, whatever those purposes might be, we can only imagine. But we can be rest assured that God is about extending his kingdom here on earth. And he wants to use us to go beyond what we think are our limits, to take us into new and wonderful places, and to bring the gospel message to people who need to hear it most. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the life of Abram and for these words that you spoke to him so many thousands of years ago. And Lord, I thank you that they also bear relevance for us today. And Lord, as Bonnie and I have both have experienced personally you saying those words to us, perhaps some people sitting here this morning are hearing you say those same words to them, that same word to them, go. And so, Father, I pray that by your Holy Spirit that you would make it clear to them what that means, how, where you would want them to go, and how you would want to use them to extend your kingdom here on earth. And Father, I pray most of all that you would give us the courage to be able to obey you, even when we feel inadequate or even afraid, because we know that you are a mighty God, because we know that you will not send us alone, but that your presence will go with us, empowering us, encouraging us every step of the way. Thank you so much for that promise, O oh God, because we couldn't do, we couldn't go if you were not to go with us. For your sake and your glory, we pray these things. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for the opportunity to share this word to you today, and I pray that it will be an encouragement to your heart and your soul. God bless and goodbye. Swadikap.